Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello, everyone. This is Rosemary Coates, your host for this edition of Women and Manufacturing. I'm the executive director of the Reshoring Institute, where we help companies bring back or expand their manufacturing in the U.S. I also run a global supply chain consulting firm called Blue Silk Consulting, where we help clients with global supply chain projects and where I also do expert witness work. On these podcasts, we interview accomplished women in business and ask them to share their experiences. We are looking for insights from women leaders that we can all learn from. Today, I'm very excited to welcome my guest, Danielle Malconian. Danielle is the owner of Plus By Design and the brand Vicky V. I've known Danielle for a few years and have been wearing Vicky V fashion since I discovered this brand in the early 2000s at Nordstrom. At the Reshoring Institute, we also wrote a case study about Danielle and her U.S. manufacturing. That case study is available on our Reshoring Institute website. So welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me, Rosemary. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So, you know, let's start off, if you would, just tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in the fashion industry. Well, uh, working my way through college, not really knowing where I wanted to go at the time, I got a job at Nordstrom in cosmetics and then kind of moved my way up to uh, managing a women's clothing department. That was about 1992. That was the the beginning of the Encore department at Nordstrom. And so they, they added the Encore department to Town Square at the time, and I was able to manage both departments. And the plus-size industry caught me by the neck, and I haven't looked back. I was very successful growing that department um, in Encore, started buying, and really had great success at Nordstrom. And that, at that time, we discovered Vicky V and started bringing the black separates into the department. And they were uh, just a huge hit right away. And the loyalty began then and has been going strong for nearly 30 years. Wow. There, there's a story behind the Vicky V label too, right? So tell us about how you came to own the brand after you were working at Nordstrom. So when I had my second child, I wanted to leave corporate life. And in 2001, the internet was starting to take off and I created a Yahoo store selling Vicky V online. Um, I was I was buying it from the company at that point and had some great success for about eight years until the company was about to go out of business. And so I was able to purchase the label and have had the reins of the label ever since. So the company was struggling financially, is that right? And, and that's why you bought the brand? It had a lot to do with Nordstrom and the and the large vendors that they were uh, selling Vicky V to. In about 2008, right before the crash, Nordstrom took a totally different direction than they had been and wanted to go more toward high fashion and uh, high designers. And they were starting to let go of some of the just mainstream brands that had made them who they are over the years. And since the company was so invested with Nordstrom and Vicky V, it was a, a major hit to them that they could not recover from. 
And it was three older gentlemen that wanted to retire. And, you know, there was a lot to it. You're, you're talking about the Vicky V brand, right? So it was owned by TMI Holdings and they were the ones that started it with the original designer, Vicky. Her name was Vicky. So they just couldn't, they didn't have the wherewithal to continue. It was actually right before the financial crash. So. So I know Vicky V is a remarkably loyal customer base, and and that includes me. I love this brand, but you know I'm I'm wondering why it is that so many people are are loyal to it. You know, I thought about this question a lot, and that particular thing has been my guiding light for thirty years. I really can't fully explain the magic behind Vicky V. It's almost esoteric, honestly. We call Vicky V the goddess for that reason. Um, the, the loyalty, it remained true to the original fabric and fit of those early styles for that reason, because it just creates the everybody that tries it. I mean, not everybody, obviously. Some people don't like the feel of the fabric, but those that do, I mean, I get customers calling, you know, oh, I have a hundred pieces. I have 200 pieces. It's incredible, um, the amount of loyalty. And I can't really explain it more than that. So I think for the audience, we ought to, we ought to explain what, that it's a slinky fabric. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that, the quality of the fabric and what it is? Right. So slinky is actually a fairly new uh, fabrication. It was discovered, I think, in the late 70s, early 80s. And it's an, it's an acetate and spandex blend. And acetate is used in a lot of different things, you know, from cigarette filters to, you know, defense equipment. It's a very, it's a widely used, anyway, acetate is widely used. So they they figured out they could make it into a yarn and mix it with lycra and get this incredibly four-way stretch fabric, basically that is really great for especially curvy women. If the fabric is a heavier weight, you may have experienced a cheaper brand of Slinky and it, it kind of clings. And the reason for that is that the, the drape isn't heavy enough. The fabric isn't heavy enough to actually drape. So that is why Vicky V is so superior because we use a 14 ounce blend which uh, gives you that beautiful movement and drape. I oh, gotcha. And so you're actually producing the products in the U.S., right? Right. And and can you explain for us why you chose to keep manufacturing in America while so many apparel manufacturers migrated to Asia in the early 2000s? No, I think it had to do with the quality, first of all. And second of all, I am a big proponent of manufacturing in the United States. I didn't really, you know, a lot of people throughout the years have said, why don't you go and make this in Asia? You'll make a lot more money. You know, you could, you could do this and do that. And I really just have never had a desire to take the product away from its original roots of being made in the United States. And I feel that the quality we get out of the factory in New York makes it a special quality brand. You know, I'm not looking to mass produce. I'm looking to to make beautiful pieces that last for years and years. And I feel that the United States does that the best. 
Oh, okay. So now there's a hang tag on your on your um, products on all the pieces that says made in the USA, right? Yes, that's right. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Good for yeah. you. So the products are made in, the, in uh, New York, you said? We have a factory. It actually starts in a, a fabric mill in North Carolina, which is where the uh, the fabric is knitted. So it comes as a thread. We get the acetate thread, especially the black yarn dye thread, from directly from DuPont. We buy it from them. And then the fabric gets knitted in North Carolina and then dyed um, if we're making colors. And then that fabric is shipped shipped to our factory in Chinatown in New York City and made there and then uh, shipped here to, to uh, California for us to sell. Have you been using the same factory for all these years or do you have multiple factories? Ever since I bought the label, we've been using the same factory. Uh, pretty much some of the items that we make, we make some private label things are made here in Los Angeles. Some of the more fashion items, if you will, we add to, you know, spice up the, the classics. But for the most part, we've always used the factory in uh, New York City. A man named Roger Pascal is very involved with helping us do that. So I, I would imagine that if, you know, if you've used the same factory for many years, that that um, it helps you with uh, consistent quality and um, consistency in the size. Because, you know, we all know that buying sizes can differ from item to item. It drives That drives me nuts. But it seems like Vicky V uh, sizes are very consistent, and I know what size I am, and it always fits the same way. Well, and that's what makes it a beauty for for internet is that, and the fact that we have kept our styles very much the same, it, it, we almost compare ourselves to men's clothing in the way that we have, you know, you can always buy your, you know, scoop neck top or your short sleeve tunic or your kimono jacket. And you know that when you order that in a different color or a different print and it arrives, it's going to fit perfectly. And, you know, that has a lot to do with the factory that we use. And it's why we've we've stayed there. You know, I could have brought the manufacturing to Los Angeles, but I just really love the quality that I get there. And that's what has kept us using them. Yeah, I think, I think it's really interesting because the I know you have the slinky fabrics and then some other jersey fabrics and the consistency of the fit is really amazing. I mean, I just know that it's going to fit me when I order the size, you know, my regular size. So I think it's it's just wonderful. <laughs> it's such a relief, you know, to find a place where there's that kind of consistency. And yes, yeah, you're not alone in that. The reason we added that, I want to interject, the reason we added the, the jersey fabric was women always loved the prints, getting Vicky V in printed uh, fabrics. And that is almost impossible to get without huge minimums from Asia to get printed slinky. We've been offering a little bit lately, but that's just things that we found that were kind of leftover rolls. So we added the jersey fabric because it prints so beautifully and, you know, is much more available in the market. So that's why we added that. So because because of these top quality fabrics and we know that the that the slinky fabric is 
by far superior to other lines. Um, so it, the product lasts and lasts and, um, you know, you could have a Vicky V piece for 10 or 15 or 20 years and it's classically styled, so it never goes out of fashion. So so how does this relentless focus on quality affect your reputation and your customer base? I think that's what's built the loyalty, loyalty for our company over the years. You know, Vicky V has its own loyal following, but then I've also been able to, to build that loyalty from customers because they know that we really want to offer a quality product. You know, since we are mostly online at this point, you know, people are always sometimes afraid, especially to spend the the money that it costs to buy a nice outfit. It's given them, made them feel confident, you know, that they could shop with us over and over again. You know, that's really interesting too, because we know that fast fashion like H&M and Zara and some of the others, Old Navy, for example, have uh, low cost, high fashion items that are, you know, what would be sort of throwaway products. So you wear them a couple of times and then you pass them on or put them in the Goodwill bag. But uh, sustainability trends will tell you that people are moving away from that and toward products that are more sustainable for the environment that can be reused over many years instead of instead of simply thrown away. So I think this, you know, this matches the slinky fabric and the long lasting and the and the the way the products sort of keep over time. I mean, they don't stretch or change form or anything like that. Yeah, is right in parallel with that sustainability kind of approach. Yeah, I am personally into sustainability. I really feel that the fast fashion movement has done a lot of damage to the way we shop. The amount of excess clothing that actually, there's nothing to even do with it. It's hard to even donate it anymore. It's literally trash at some point. So being able to offer a quality product that lasts season after season is really in step with my goals. Yeah, I, you know, this is a big problem all over the world is dealing with the trash from the fashion industry. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I've seen these pictures of these huge dumps around the world of of old clothes that people have donated, but there is just nowhere for them to go. Yeah, it's really, I don't know how we get out of it, honestly. And hopefully what you're saying, you know, makes me feel like maybe there is a trend toward, you know, investment dressing so that, you know, people understand, spend a little bit more and you'll have something that you won't have to throw away in a few months. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I think the price of Vicky V products is, you know, they're not cheap, you know, they're not horrendously expensive, but they're certainly, um, they're certainly not throwaway um, um, kind of pieces either. And so, you know, the uh, approach to as a consumer to buying things is more considering it as an investment and um, keeping something for the long term that can be used over and over again. I mean, one of the issues that we have is trying to help uh, younger customers understand this. They really don't see the, the whole investment dressing idea. And at this point, our fabric is more than $10 a yard at cost. And, you know, you can extrapolate that out knowing, you know, what things cost and what it costs to sell them. It's 
it's getting more and more difficult to offer at an affordable price. So we really try to explain the idea of, you know, price per wear. You know, we've got a great blogger that has some, some blogs about that, about what it costs to wear something. You know, if you buy something, you wear it three times, it's going to cost you a lot more in the end than something that you spend a lot more on and wear a hundred times. So. Yeah. And I, you know, I know that there are, um, that you have customers all across, all over the board in terms of what they do for a living and so forth. But I have to tell you, I mean, from a professional perspective and back in the day last right. year, <laughs> I used to travel all the time. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I haven't been anywhere for a few months, but, but when I was traveling all the time, you know, I just, I roll up my Vicky V stuff in my suitcase and you take it out and it looks perfect. Right. I mean, you don't have to iron it. It doesn't get out of shape or anything else. It's it's perfect. And it because doesn't. of the classics and the classic colors, and especially the blacks and navy blues, they're actually spot on for business. I mean, you always look good. You look polished. There's no wrinkles. You know, these are the right colors. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely spot on for professional women who travel. It's so true. Yeah. And it's, I, whenever I see somebody kind of stuffed into a tailored suit, you know, I kind of want to give them my card and, you know, call me, I'll make you so much more comfortable and, and confident. And, you know, so it is, it is a really remarkable thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with you. I mean, I feel, you know, I do a lot of public speaking also, and I just feel like I can stand up in front of a room in a, in, you know, my classic black Vicky V with some accessories and, and I look polished and you put together. And, yeah, it's perfect. It's really perfect. Um, so there's a, you know, I know also that there's a lot of uh, segmentation going on in the apparel industry where there's focus on, say, millennials or value price like Zara and fast fashion, Zara and H&M and plus size and the rise of bespoke, which is uh, custom made apparel. We've, we've seen a lot of that in the tailored shirt industry. Mm-hmm. Why do you think this is happening now? I mean, I don't think that there was this much segmentation in the past. Well, the, the plus size category is definitely growing. And it really, Rosemary, it's about choices. Uh, straight size choice has been there for decades. You know, um, plus size women are exacting the same choices. They deserve to have these choices, literally. The trouble comes for stores and manufacturers to give choice to our customers and be profitable at the same time. Women say they want all of these things, but will they pay full price for it? If not, it's not a profitable venture. This is especially difficult in the high or fast fashion department. We cannot make the same garments for the same prices. There's more fabric, less units, unsure fit, all add to the difficulty of being in fashion. So all of those things, we we want to give all these choices. I mean, I, I just recently I tried to add some more junior uh, looking things to Plus by Design, and I really wanted to to go after that market, but it was just a, a literal disaster. Um, whether you know it's hard to find those customers or it's hard to find quality, fashionable garments in plus sizes. For the reasons that I explained, it's it's very expensive to make a, a brand new style, and if it doesn't sell, it's a total loss. 
So, you know, there's so many things that go into the fashion industry, plus size fashion industry knows that the customers want choices. We, we understand that completely, but trying to do it and stay in business is the key. And so that's what we're all struggling with. Yeah, you know, when I compare um, the fashion industry to other industries that might be manufacturing in the U.S., for example, you know, if you're making a, some kind of hard goods, you're addressing the customer needs or customer wants in a different way. And fashion is just so, so different. I mean, because, it, you know, it's dependent on colors and trends and, um, you know, styles and, and, and things that you don't have to deal with in an ordinary manufacturing environment. Exactly. And they always have to tell for something new. Always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's complicated for sure. And yeah. of course, you know, the, the new colors every year and, you know, trends and all of that stuff make it a extremely difficult industry to make money at. Right. right. So it, if you don't exactly. hit the fashion trend, right, you're going to you're going to lose money for sure. And then you add to that, you know, in plus sizes, only being able to offer it to 10 or 20 percent of the population. It gets really difficult. It's why so many of the plus size boutiques and stores have gone out of business. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so difficult to offer choice in, mm-hmm. in a small demographic. Well, um, the plus size fashion industry is growing too, right? I mean, I think the population is changing sizes. Absolutely. And I'm seeing so many. I was uh, shopping on Lululemon uh, the other day and they had several, you know, not quite plus size, but I'd say size 14 models in uh, mixed in with their other models. So the whole trend of acceptance has is is going to open up a lot. So that's actually, you know, things always start from there, right? So you've seen a lot of different size models on TV these days and on the websites and, and those kind of things really um, help the whole movement. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it looks more like the population, right? right. Exactly. <laughs> models on TV or on online that look like real people and not, right. you know, skinny as a rail kind of um, you know, Remember the, 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 the models from Calvin Klein in the 90s, you know, those little girls that looked like they were starving and just we've come a long way from those days. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. And also from from, you know, fashion lines that instead of designing a, a fit for plus size women, we're just making things bigger, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then it doesn't fit. Right. Because it doesn't fit your body if. You know, yeah. things are just made bigger, right? Well, and, and that's actually still happening in the fast fashion plus industry. So that is one of the challenges that they are not understanding grading to plus sizes. You know, they just think just make it all bigger and it'll be fine. And you end up with this gigantic garment that doesn't fit anyone. Exactly. It doesn't fit in the shoulder or it's just huge. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Boy, I can relate to that. So, yes. so. I'm kind of on the cusp of regular size and and plus size. Right. And, you know, if I go back to a regular um, brand and they've just made things bigger, it never fits. It's just, it's terrible. Yeah, like an extra large, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, so. Danielle, what's next for Vicky V? I mean, where are you going with uh, the company? So Plus by Design is the retail portion right. and Vicky V is the brand, right? 
Yes, yes. Well, we've had a we've had a couple of ideas. We were we were set for quite a bit of growth last February, March, and us along with the rest of the world kind of shut down. So it's given us a lot of time to retool and rethink and you know, what are we offering? Um, the COVID time has been difficult for Vicky V, especially because women are not going to work. They're not traveling. They're not, you know, ha- going to weddings. So a lot of our base customer things that women used to buy all the time has slowed down quite a bit. So we've had to kind of turn a little bit and go a little bit more casual and think about women on Zoom calls and, you know, just like everybody else. But I think that, you know, as we get through this, that as things open up, that'll change again. And my latest brainstorm is a, a Vicky V phone app. Um, I've been kind of toying with the idea for many years because our customers are so loyal. And, you know, one of the things that I would love to see is an auction site uh, where uh, loyal customers can buy and sell their Vicky V because, you know, even if you get tired or something, it doesn't mean it's worn out. So you can either donate it or a lot of women go on eBay and sell their Vicky V. So I'm looking into a way to connect all those Vicky V loyalists to see if we can set something like that up. Could be a fun project for 2021. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially since essentially the clothes never wear out. Right. <laughs> Might as well let somebody else enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's really kind of amazing, you know, how, you know, I've got a, a closet full of Vicky V that I've had for a long time. And even though I've worn things over and over again, they just don't wear out. They're just such good quality. And, you know, the fabric is so resilient. It's it's right. really quite amazing. It's a great item to, to resell. Yeah, for sure. So, well, we'll see. Then, you know, Thank you so much for joining us today. I think it's been really interesting and hopefully interesting for the audience. Can you please give us your contact information? Well, the easiest way is to Google Vicky V. It's and just, and let's get that spelling out there. V I K K I V I is Vicky V. Our website is plusbydesign.com. I'm Danielle Malconian, and if you sign up for our email reminders, I read them all personally. You know, anybody that emails the company, I look at them first, and I really like to have a hands-on approach, and I'm always so happy to hear from customers. I can attest to that. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I've emailed a few times. So even years ago, and I emailed and had to send me something to a hotel. I think yeah. a pair of pants to a hotel that was on the road. And, and I think I forgot to pack the pants is what happened. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, yeah. And I remember you responding to me and shipping me a, a pair of slacks overnight. It was I love good. it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank, exactly you, thank you again for joining us. Thank and, you so much. And for the audience, you can listen to more podcasts on the Women in Manufacturing website, which is www.womenandmfg.com. So W-O-M-E-N-A-N-D-M-F-G.com. And you can reach me Rosemary Coates at rcoates at reshoringinstitute.org. 
and visit our website at www.reshoringinstitute.org, where we publish all of our research on manufacturing in, Mer- in America, including the Vicki V case study. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.